0: This week on the show, I obsess over the new Netflix special, Springsteen on Broadway. I also reveal the only two New Year's resolutions I've ever been able to keep. I'm, uh, I'm going to give some strategies on how to keep those resolutions in place. Uh, that's from the guy that's gotten two out of like 500 Welcome to the Coffee Buzz, and thank you for tuning in. My voice is uh, pretty scratchy this week. I don't know if you can tell or not, um, but it is not really sickness, so to speak. It's this cedar. It's uh, just everywhere. The pollen is all over the place, and it's kind of annoying because (laughs) um, it it does this every year. It, It just explodes, and it tricks my immune system into believing that I'm sick and require all those responses that immune systems do and when I found this out that what all that allergies are basically just your immune system overreacting it just man I don't know I guess I should have known this before now but it, it really upset me <laughs> that, that allergies really don't harm you at all. It's just my immune system being duped by just some harmless pollen out there. So instead of doing a lot of show prep this week like I usually do, I've uh, I've just been lethargic uh, just watching Netflix. And I did happen across a gym. It's uh, Springsteen on Broadway. It's out. And if you're a fan, this is like the best thing on Netflix right now, and I mean you kind of have to be a super fan that's uh the only thing because he talks a lot i mean probably more than he sings um the total run time for that special is two hours and 33 minutes and uh that's a lot of bruce and it's it's all him it's just guitar harmonica piano Uh, patty does join him his wife for a few tracks at the end but it's mainly just him. And it's crazy that he's able to hold the attention like that for two and a half hours. He just has some great stories and it's really relatable uh, for most people, I think. But uh, from the very beginning, he states it up front that he has no experience. Uh, he He says this close to the opener, I've never held an honest job in my entire life. <laughs> uh, I've never seen the inside of a factory, and yet it's all I've ever written about. Standing before you is a man who's become wildly and absurdly successful writing about something which he has absolutely no personal experience. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's funny because he, then he goes on to add, I'm just that good. And that's really one of the things that I liked about Bruce from the beginning is his air of both confidence and humility. Um, And that's on obvious display in this Netflix special. I first got into Springsteen uh, during the Born to Run album. Um, I'm sorry, Born in the USA um, when I was a kid. That record had so many hits that it was impossible not to love it. And it took me a while to kind of get into his older stuff like, you know, Born to Run and uh, Songs from Ashbury Park, all that stuff. I had to work my way backwards with Bruce. But once I got it, I was, I was hooked. He's one of my favorites. So I'm very familiar with his catalog, and he just does a fantastic job in this show of weaving all the songs in with the stories. And it's a new sort of take or perspective on the song. So even if you're familiar with them, um, he just gives them this new, new life that it's kind of hard to do for artists in my opinion when they're doing songs that they wrote 30, 40 years ago. To be able to reinvent them is uh, I think probably a challenge but he he does it flawlessly and there's some very moving parts to it as well. I mean, it's funny and it's inspiring, but it also just has some you know, really heart-wrenching parts, you know, where he's talking about Clarence Clemens. It's very moving. Uh I've never heard grief so beautifully expressed. And another part that I loved in his monologue was uh the one that leads up to 10th Avenue freeze out. And it wouldn't be Bruce if he didn't tell you how he feels about politics. And when he describes the president, it's soberingly accurate. Uh, He says that he speaks to our darkest angels who want to call up the ugliest and the most decisive ghost of America's past. Um, It's powerful stuff. It's pretty... uh, spot on if you ask me. The show is basically a distilled version of his uh, autobiography that came out back in 2016. It, It sort of plays like a campfire tale meets a TED talk. The guy is a poet and his Broadway show is really great. And It's not actually, now that I'm sort of talking this through, I don't think it is just for the super fan. Uh, I think if you've ever been curious uh, why so many people are fanatics about this guy and never quite understood it, this uh, Netflix special might be a good place to start. Uh, I've seen him several times and this show appeared to be no different and even though I'm not a religious guy, whenever I see Bruce Springsteen, it's like I'm going to church. He just moves people and it's electrifying to, to see that. So definitely check it out. Netflix, well worth the, uh, the watch. I'll be right back. Well, the new year is upon us and it always makes me ask the question, why do most of my resolutions just crash and burn? And I'm not alone on this. Uh, 25% uh, break or give up the resolutions in the first week and uh, it looks like 46% give up in six months and uh, only 8% actually see it through to the end of the year. Uh, I've only kept two of my resolutions in my whole life. And at my age, that's not a good conversion ratio. <laughs> I've always uh, kept most of the resolutions that I had to myself. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't tell people about my master plans. I would, I, When asked if I had any resolutions, I would always say stupid things like, my resolution is to not have... Resolutions, or I resolved to drink, curse, and yell more, because I knew better than to put myself out there and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose twenty pounds," because I knew it probably was not gonna happen. And the two times the resolution did work, it was because I was able to change my story. Um, everybody has one. It's about themselves. It drives our behavior. Uh, Essentially, we just have this story operating all the time and it kind of runs in the background, so to speak, like an operating system. And these self-stories have a powerful influence over our decisions and actions. I found this article in uh, Psychology Today about it. They said, whether you realize it or not, you make decisions based on staying true to yourself stories. Most of these decision-making based self stories happens unconsciously. You strive to be consistent. You want to make decisions that match your idea of who you are. And when you make decisions or act in a way that fits in your self story, the decision or action will feel right. When you make a decision or act in a way that doesn't fit in your self story, you feel uncomfortable and I didn't want my story to be about eating meat or drinking too much. So I stopped both of them uh, about the same time three years ago, right around uh, New Year's. And I saw a YouTube clip from this factory farm and the slaughter and right then and there, I decided I didn't want to be part of that horrific process anymore and it just no longer fit in my narrative it wasn't required for me to survive so i just couldn't justify doing it anymore now when it came to the drinking uh, you know it happened a little differently i'd been drinking for 30 years but i was finally able to rewrite that part of my story and I didn't want to be the asshole drunk who was hungover two days out of the week, every week, every year. When I think back on how much of my life was spent wasting away Sundays with self-inflicted pain because of too many the night before, it was it's sad to think about all that time I've lost. Um, but even with all that, even at the time where I was just punishing myself, that story was hard to give up. And it was—I don't know—it was ingrained in my identity, you know. But actually, the stopping part of it was was simple. Uh, it just took me a long time to find out a why, and I have hundreds of habits. We all do just running all the time throughout our day. It makes, makes it easier to get through life by creating those habits. It's easy to make and change them, but the reason to change them has to be rooted in that self-story. And it also helps to write this stuff down. Uh, some people say to do it every day. One article I read said to just write down the resolution several times a day. And I didn't go that route. Uh, Not because I don't agree with the logic, but I'm just too lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, But Tony Robbins, he is a huge proponent in uh, writing it down. So there's definitely something to it. There is a dark side to resolutions. And uh, I think some of them can be negative. I know they have been for me in the past. I've been way too ambitious making some unrealistic goal, and then just feel like an epic failure when it goes bust. Uh, this can cause a whole new level of stress. And when it comes to these goals, I just have to be careful and strategic, also very specific. Here's some, here's some good tips that I found. It's best to pick small actions, uh, not just be general. Uh, get more exercise doesn't really work that well or eat healthier. Um, The big reason why New Year's resolutions don't work for the most part is that they're just too vague. Um, And if it's a habit that I'm looking to change here, I need to be real specific about it and say, okay, I need to run 10 minutes more every time I go out there now. Instead of doing a half hour, I need to do 40 minutes. And it's best to make the action easy to do for at least the first week. Um, I don't want to go out and say I'm going to run a marathon by January. (laughs) I want to say I'm going to run more in the next week. Uh, That works a lot better. And as as I accomplish those goals, the confidence goes up and then if I can maintain that level um, three to seven days in a row, I think the new habit starts to get established, at least for me. One of the resolutions that I have for this year is to be more grateful. And to get more specific about it, I want to journal three things a day that I'm thankful for. Uh, these can be minor things or you know, big pillar of life kind of things. And I thought I'd share my first three today. I am I'm so thankful for my daughter. I, I never thought I'd be a dad, I'll be honest. I said from the time I was a teenager till I was 30 that the family life just was not for me. I didn't want to be tied down, living in the suburbs, driving a Prius, but... <laughs> Now I do all those things and I've never been happier. My daughter is an intelligent, kind and inspiring person. She's, it's so much fun to watch her grow and to develop and to reveal things to me about my own humanity. It's, it's kind of a study in human psychology, just watching her develop. And I'm, also thankful for my wife in so many ways we are opposite from one another and it seems like we also have the same amount of things though that we have in common it's like two puzzle pieces that just found each other <laughs> and and if there is such a thing as a soulmate, she is mine and my life would not be this beautiful and rich without her Um, Thank you very much, Kim. I'm really thankful that I get to podcast and that you listen. I can't express that enough. It just brings me so much joy to have this medium and to share it with you. And thank you again. As always, you can find my website at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Happy New Year to everyone hope you have a great one and thank you for listening. I'll see you next year.